You are listening to The Edge, a podcast for personal development junkies and visionaries living right at the precipice of oh shit meets fuck yeah. I'm Nadia Munda, an embodiment and relationship coach and a lover of all edges. Stick around to listen to raw, unpolished conversations where we explore our personal and collective edges in all their erotic glory. Today you are listening to a coaching episode. In these episodes, you get a little peek into what is normally a private space, my one-on-one coaching practice. This really gives you a glimpse into what it's like to be guided and held by me and will hopefully leave you with some key aha moments. Everyone who is coached here in these episodes has consented to publicizing these sessions and remains anonymous for the sake of confidentiality. Okay, so tell me a little bit about how I can support you today. Okay, so I'm really looking to explore my relationship to men And over the last year or so, I've had some really interesting encounters. Um, And currently right now, I'm home visiting my family. I typically live abroad. And my dad right now isn't in the best health, which he's okay and he's going to be okay. But it's a really interesting dynamic that's going on where I usually would come home and it's really an opportunity to rest and receive and be taken care of. And this is the first time in my life where I really, that's not the, that's not the dynamic. And I'm here to really um, nurture and care for him and also, you know, be in my, my own protector. And I've done so much work over the last year or so as well around Um, really strengthening my connection to my masculine side, which is really a trip for me. Mm. Um, And yeah, I'm just, you know, really interested to explore why this is coming up, what this means for me, um, and how to move forward. Mm. Mm -hmm. What are you finding is um, the main challenge that's coming up for you uh, with the masculine in general? Um, so I would say previously, um, and and maybe currently as well, I would find myself in situations where I would really struggle in, um, setting boundaries and speaking my truth in, yeah, just allowing myself to be fully seen, um, and unapologetic. Um, and now I, yeah, I've done so much work in that. Um, and I'm, and I'm really, I've come so far in that transformation, but I would still find that I struggle to just, yeah, like one call in men that I actually want to be with because the men that I've called in or manifested unknowingly mm-hmm. um, have been men that like feel like not the type of person that I actually want to be with, but someone that like feels safe. So it's like, I don't like you that much. So I can be seen with you because if I lose you, it's fine. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. And then the, and And then when I'm with a man that I actually desire, which has really only happened once in my life so far, um, I'm shut down in that space. So it's almost like I'm like practicing, but with men that I don't want to be with because Mm. it feels easier. Hmm. Where else do you choose the safe option in your life? I guess everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think about it when it comes to like my, my business and making money. And like, I really struggled as well with learning, um, my value and 
pricing my services and just like stepping into my power in what I do in the world. Um, and I would very much just like offer things at a lower price or whatever, because it, you know, or like sell myself to a crowd that feels really safe rather than the people that I actually want to work with because yeah. it's like in my body I know where I stand <laughs> but then it's like yeah that the inner critic or whatever voice or whatever conditioning comes in and is like oh but we're not ready yet mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what do you think you, 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 the inner critic thinks you're not ready for I mean it keeps coming back to like being seen like mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, fear fear of rejection, like, mm-hmm. yeah, and then that feels like as I'm talking about it, it's like that I'm not going to be able to hold myself when that, and it's like when, yeah, it's just like doom mm-hmm. of like if X person who I desire doesn't want to be with me and he rejects me, I'm not going to be able to hold myself through that. So there's that piece. And then there's also like this, it's inevitable that I'm going to lose or fail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm, okay. Well, first off, really empathizing with uh, <laughs> the experience of just feeling like, oh, it's, it's, the inevitable, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, most of us in some capacity, you know, the details might shift a little, but overall, we all are are scared of loss. Mm -hmm. And the protection mechanism is always, well, guess it's going to happen anyways. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's the way in which a part of our nervous system protects us from the grief of loss, Mm -hmm. whether it's Mm -hmm. the loss of a potential dream, a partner, a uh, client, right? Like whatever it might be, but it's all the same. It's the, Mm -hmm. the grief of loss and, and, and the inner critic that comes in and in a very interesting and dysfunctional way, like with so much love, but also on the outside, it just looks horrible, right? Like when we Mm -hmm. hear our own inner critic, we're like, well, that, I would never talk that way to anyone else, but it does come from a place of love and protection. And your inner critic is just saying, well, this is going to happen no matter what. Mm -hmm. And, um, and therefore let me just go with the safe option. Yeah. Yeah. Because the safe option isn't, it does, there isn't as much grief in the loss of the safe option. Right. Right. It's just like, oh, Okay. That sucks. And of course, I mean, I'm over-exaggerating that, right? Like there's different levels of, of it sucking depending on the situation, but there's a huge difference between losing your deepest longing and like yeah. a big dream and a yeah. shit ton of money mm-hmm. <laughs> than to be mm-hmm. like, oh, okay. You know, two, two more pe- two people didn't show up to this class that I priced at $25. Meh, not right. a big deal. It's like, I don't care that much because I didn't really try. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And And that, and the not trying is like purposeful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So let's look at the piece around feeling that you can't hold yourself. Mm -hmm. Because Mm -hmm. my sense is that getting to a place or at least understanding a step one, why you feel you can't hold yourself and then eventually moving into the place of being able to hold yourself will help create safety as you dream audaciously, as you um, get bigger and bigger in your visions and your longings and your desires, because as a feminine creature, and I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I know you as a very feminine creature, it, Mm -hmm those of us who have so much of feminine essence, we are like monsters in a good way of more, 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 more. We just want more, 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 more. And, um, this is something that I think is often a, a push and pull in our systems as women, because 
there's a lot of societal systems and mores and guidelines that have a say, be small, stay polite, stay palatable, do it this way, cross your legs, you know, like there's all these different ways in which we are being told that the way to do it is to just be there, but not really there. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, our feminine essence is like moaning and groaning and more and more Mm -hmm. and more and like wants just all the things. Right. And so inside of ourselves, we can feel this back and forth in this sort of tug of war between the part of us that is really deeply wanting more, more, more. Yeah. I want more money. I want more clients. I want more sex. I want more Mm -hmm. (laughs) orgasms. I want more, you know, aliveness and color and beauty and friends and good times. And then the other part that's that we grew up with in some shape or form, it could be different systems, you know, could be a parental figure that shared that with us. It could be a, um, you know, a a religious uh, situation. It could be um, even just culture. You know, I didn't grow up particularly religious, but I grew up in an Arab culture and that also required and asked us to be smaller, um, Mm -hmm. just keep it like simple and, you know, nice, just be nice. Right. And so, um, yeah. So there's these, these two, how to, let me check in and see, does that resonate with you first off? Yeah. It feels so true. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you're speaking too, I realize that as I'm talking about this, like inability to hold myself, I realize as well that I'm that idea of holding myself is a certain conditioning around what that looks like. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, I'm doing very well. Like I, you know, I, I like, I'm actually making money and my business is actually working. I do have more structure in my life than I did before. And, you know, I've been through, like, I'm just realizing as I'm talking that I actually do very well in holding myself as well, but it's also this, like, yeah, it's interesting too. Cause like you were saying, Thing. It's the like more, more, more that I'm like, there's just always more self-growth. There's always more, you know, mm. opportunity. Like, and I'm just, and it, and it is a little bit of this perfectionist mechanism as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. but it, it's, and it's still very true. Um, because it is this, yeah, this desire to be able to hold myself more is very true because it is showing up in my life specifically in this space of with men that the ones that I do really desire I I still find myself in this like let me be pretty and perfect box but then the ones that I know want me (laughs) and are eating at my feet I'm just this like raw unapologetic like goddess everything you know yeah yeah so yeah yeah. there's well, I'm going to, there's, there's a lot, um, in what you just shared. And so I'm going to, uh, pull out a few threads here. And, and the first one that really stuck out to me was there's really this huge difference between, and we can often get confused by it between more, more, more energy, right. Mm-hmm. Which is sort of the insatiable, like hungry, um, just yeah. Feminine energy. And then mm-hmm. there is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they, they, they can present if we're not paying attention as the same thing. Yeah. Oh, I've not enough of this. So I need more of it. Oh, I've not mm-hmm. enough of that. So I need more of it. And yeah. then there's, I want more, I want more, I want more. Right. Which is yeah. a very different. It's like a wanton longing, aching, yearning mm-hmm. energy that doesn't have attachment to it. Yeah. So this is the key, you know, the other one, it doesn't have attachment. It doesn't have judgment. It doesn't have pressure. It doesn't have fear. The other, like, Mm -hmm. this is not enough. I want more. I need to have more, right. That comes from, it's more of, um, even just when we say that, right. When you feel into it, what, what, when you're receiving these two different words, like, how does it feel in your body? 
well, more and more and more is sexy and exciting and enlivening. Mm-hmm. And I'm like listening to you and like nodding my head and leaning in, you yeah. know, and relaxing. And then the other one is just like scarcity and fear. Yeah. And that's a huge, yeah, I wrote that down as you said it, that in itself is a game changer to, to check in with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, what you said was key, the relaxing and leaning in, right. It's magnetic mm-hmm. and it feels good to be around, right? When we relax, Mm -hmm. it means we feel good around that energy. And then when we, the other one, there was a contraction that comes like scarcity. It's like, oh, I need more, right? It's like, where does it come from? You're like, everything's tightening in your body (laughs) Mm -hmm. as you Mm -hmm. hear someone say it, or as you say it yourself. And Mm -hmm. so I think, you know, this is pulling out a little bit, um, it's zooming out past just specifically what you came with around, you know, men and the masculine, but it's the underlying current here. That is a really good thing to start to pay attention to like noticing in your body. Okay. When am I in the not enoughness that then turns, that then is contraction, which turns into perfectionism, which turns into striving, which then has the scarcity energy to it, which then freaks me out. Right. Like, And watching yourself like, okay, am I doing that? And can I turn that on its head, not to shame Mm -hmm. my longing, actually to go deeper into it, to amplify it, to make it even bigger, but without the part of, if I don't get it, I'm not okay. Because that's when we get hooky. That's when we get needy. That's when we get attached instead of just... Mm -hmm putting out the energy of more and more and more into the world going, I don't know what's going to come back, but I'm a being that's insatiable that walks around and wants more and more and more. Yeah. And I'm not going to apologize for that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and listening to you say that with men, it comes to me of like owning that feels scary because they can't give it to me. Like it's, it comes back to, we've worked with this before, but like, it's too much. If I ask for more sex or more presence or specifically with men, more sex, it's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For the men that you've asked so far. Yeah. Yeah. But, and it's even like, I haven't asked, but it's like in mm-hmm. my head, I, I put it in my head that I'm not going to ask because it will be too much. But how do I know? I've never asked. Exactly. Yeah. Or in some cases you've asked and those men were not the right men. Yeah. They didn't match yeah. you. They didn't yeah. match your hunger. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's, that's, that's okay. The only way, you know, let's like cut and paste the scenario into uh, one where you are auditioning Okay. You're audition, you're mm-hmm. an act, you're an actor and you're auditioning for a part in a film. We have heard millions of times the stories from actors who are like for 20 years, I got rejected. I went to audition after audition and I got rejected and rejected. And they're saying this at their Oscar speech, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh my God. And I'm so glad I held on. I stuck yeah. to it. Right. And same yeah. thing with like people who've written books. Right. I think um, I think it's uh, J.K. Rowling's. I think that's how you say her name. The Harry Potter. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who also mm-hmm. is like famously has said um, she's a controversial figure at the moment. But um, but separate from that, you know, she says uh that she, Harry Potter got rejected, I think by, oh my God, I don't know how many different publishers forever until Mm -hmm. it eventually became this huge worldwide phenomenon. And so we have to go through a slew of no's or a slew of rejections or a slew of disappointments to get to what we want. Now, other people's path may look like, oh, they got their yes so quickly. Mm -hmm. Why am I here? And I didn't get my yes yet, right? Why am I here? Especially with the relationship that comes up so much with us women. We're like, 
why is she married and I'm not? Why did she get a proposal and I didn't? Why is she, you know, da, 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 and I'm not? Yeah. And, you know, whether we consciously are aware that we're doing that or not, but on some level there is, there's um, at least every so often some comparison that sneaks in. And what we don't know and we can't tell is that perhaps, and I'm not suggesting every single person who gets their yes soon is doing it wrong, but perhaps that person didn't aim high enough. Yeah. And what if, or maybe her needs are just easier to meet. Yeah. Yeah. And that's okay. But it's yeah. not your, it's not what you want. It's not what you're destined for. It's not what your heart longs for. And yeah. so you get to stay in honoring of what your heart longs for. Yeah. I had yeah. to wait until I was 38. <laughs> <laughs> Not to freak anyone out who's listening. <laughs> like everyone's like, oh my God, oh my God, I can't wait till 38. You know, obviously everyone has a totally different journey. And yeah. I dated and had so many love stories forever going mm -hmm. every time going, oh my God, all my friends had gotten married, gotten married a second time. <laughs> like, yeah. and I was still sitting yeah. here going like, um, so yeah, that's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And thank God I kept saying no, 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 no to these people who were not able to meet me. And I waited yeah. to be met by the man who couldn't meet me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't know where that's going to go. And, you know, I mean, it always changes. So I don't want it to be uh, the story of like, oh, now I met my person and this person's going to be able to meet me forever. Like that may change in a few years. I may not, I may not feel met by him anymore. Yeah. That's a reality that, you know, we all yeah. have to, to live with, but we, I waited. And so I share mm -hmm. this personal experience simply because when we're in the place of getting the rejections, of course it feels like shit. Yeah. And the only thing we can do to honor our longing is to stay devoted and on the path. And for mm -hmm. you, that's not just about getting on board with the more, more, more energy and noticing, you know, when it's the not enough energy versus the more, more, more energy, but it's actually about being in deep relationship with your inner little girl mm. and seeing what is it about her that feels yeah. right that she's not held by you because when you tell me I'm scared of being seen because I'm scared that I will not be able to hold myself when I am either not seen properly or seen and then discarded or, you know, seen and then not, um, I'm not continued to be seen, right? Yeah. Like whatever version of that is, then I feel I can't hold myself in the grief, in the loss, mm -hmm. in the heartbreak, in the disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. So true. <laughs> Yeah, and then it always number, comes back to the little girl. Always. And the yeah. number one, number one tool or superpower, should I say? It's not really a tool, a superpower that we have as feminine creatures is to be able to be and to increase our capacity to be with heartbreak. Yeah. Because when we've mastered that, when we are not scared of the grief, when we're not scared of the loss, when we're not scared of the heartbreak, then our dreams don't scare us either. Yeah. Then that dream fantasy relationship of, oh my God, this person is meeting me in every single way. I can't even believe this is real. Someone pinch me. Yeah. That gets to happen because when you work with the spectrum of the dark of mm -hmm. going and being in, in acceptance of the heartbreak and yeah. being able to hold it in your nervous system, right? Because that's, this is the tantrika work. This is the piece that, you know, call it tantrika or call it whatever you want to call it embodiment work. It's increasing your capacity to be with intense sensations that are uncomfortable. Yeah. 
And so we go around doing all sorts of things to avoid heartbreak. Yeah. And then we never get to experience full aliveness. Yeah. All of this feels so true. And it's so interesting as you're speaking, just thinking about my inner little girl. And I was talking about this yesterday, actually, that I, when I was a kid, I experienced like pretty extreme anxiety and like OCD tendencies and just like, just completely like nervous wreck, painfully shy, like covered my face, didn't want to speak. And it was so interesting as I started to like as a teenager and I was going to yoga and meditation and like I really fell into that because it was the only thing that helped me now like looking back hold myself in all of that energy that was trying to move through my system that I wouldn't allow to move through my system and it would just show up in these tendencies and this like ickiness and this panic And then I became so drawn to these practices because I learned how to breathe and I learned how to be and I see, and I mean, learned like it, it helped, but like it hasn't gone away. And I, in a way, like many, I'm learning that maybe it doesn't go away, but you just learn how to, um, how to hold myself yeah. Um, but it's interesting as you're speaking about it and you're, you know, talking to me about my inner little girl and I'm like, it still is like, I can't. And, and I hear myself about to say a limiting belief, you know, with that but window, but mm-hmm. yeah, like I can't, um, like I never have been able to, I've never been able to hold myself through the darkness and the darkness. And I'm always so confused of like, why did my five-year-old self, like, why is that my tendency? I don't know any, like, I mean, and I know there's so many others. And again, I hear myself like victimizing myself and I'm giving you disclaimers. So it's like, here I am also not wanting to take up too much space, but it's like, um, yeah, like why me? Or like, but what does this mean? Like, what's the... If I and I never have been able to, so I'm never going to be able to like just like more shaming on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like it's so conditioned in my body, you know. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if all that made sense. There's like many tabs <laughs> with this well, piece. It's a lot of, yeah, like you said, I mean, it's so good to voice the limiting beliefs because we can't work with them if we don't know what they are, right? Right? So whenever you hear yourself about to go, you know, often once we've been doing coaching for a while, we try to like coach ourselves, which sometimes is awesome and works great, but we often cut ourselves off from the curiosity and the exploration. We're like, oh, I shouldn't, this happens a lot, you know, in, in the personal development uh, world. And it comes from a good intention, but it actually, the the consequence is not great where we override, Mm -hmm. right? Like even in the process of Right now, you sharing with me the frustration and the challenge. What happened was you overrode actually going into the feeling. You're like, oh, I don't want to be a victim. Oh, and you know, it's probably not just me, but it feels like it's just me. Right. And because there is a part of your your mind that is able to zoom out and go, I know that what I'm feeling. Um, it doesn't fully serve me, may not be fully true, you know? And so you're going into a very cognitive place of analysis where you're like, mm-hmm. oh, and, and there's, there's value to that. So I want to bookmark that because it's not incorrect and it's not mm-hmm. a bad, uh, it's a really beautiful frame to have for us to be able to zoom out. Some of us don't have that capacity, but we can zoom out and go, oh, actually this is not true. Like, yeah, I may mm-hmm. feel like a victim right now, but actually it's not true. Mm-hmm. But if we get too stuck in the, well, this is not true. And I should just be happy and grateful for life, right? Like people who should wake up angry and they're like, I'm just going to do gratitude. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hmm, well, perhaps it's actually time to go do an anger practice and to alchemize that anger. And then maybe you've created space for gratitude and maybe, you know what, that anger practice has to go for five days because you're really mad about something and there's no space in your heart for gratitude right now. 
that is okay. It's part of the human experience. And it's actually very intelligent in your body, okay, to Mm -hmm. drop into those energies, the darker energies, as long as you have capacity to hold yourself to a certain extent. And so if you're, you know, I just want to say this is a disclaimer to the public, since I'm not, you know, I can't coach everyone that's listening at the same time as I'm coaching you, that obviously there's, there's a, a place there where you have to go, oh, this is too much for me. And I actually need a, a therapist, a psychiatrist, a coach, depending on what you're working with in terms of your, mm-hmm. you know, your trauma or the level of darkness or how deep the emotions go. Um, so that's really important for people listening to know. And I'm talking about like the, the, the feelings that even though we're scared of them, we know on a deep level, they're not, we're not actually going to drown underneath them, mm-hmm. you know, that we can do this ourselves or with just, you know, the guidance of, of, uh, a coach or someone like that. Mm-hmm. And so in situations like that, it may actually, so just going back to what you were sharing, it may, my recommendation to you is to actually go fully into the victim energy for a minute, mm-hmm. but don't mm-hmm. stay there. Right. Yeah. So be like, you know what, actually Nadia, like I feel so lonely in this, or I felt so lonely as a child in this. And I felt like I was the only one. And I, um, I feel like, why is life doing this to me? Or, you know, whatever it is that the sentiment is like, you get to actually go into that fully and be with that because that part of you is wanting recognition for her pain, for her suffering, for her loneliness, for her grief. Yeah, I just got tears in my eyes listening to you voice that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's your, go ahead. No, it's just, it's so true. And I am, you know, I have been like, as well, like just, I'm so good at the reframe and I'm so good at the, the editing and that's what it is. It's editing. It's like, I've been in this personal development wellness world my whole life, because like I shared, I started when I was young, when I was a teenager, when I was 12 years old. And so now it's like, I, I coach myself all the time. I'm all about the wake up and do gratitude, not anger. (laughs) (laughs) And you helped me so, so much increase my capacity for anger. Like before working with you, I didn't feel anger at all. Yeah. I mean, I did, but I didn't let it move through me Mm -hmm. and I didn't know that it wasn't moving through me. Yeah. Um, so, Mm -hmm. so yeah, Mm -hmm. it is. Yeah. This like, then there's all this shame around the little girl still that I, yeah, I just edit her. And I don't let her feel her pain because, and she's never felt her pain because even talking to you right now, yeah, I, mm. I edit it. So that's, yeah, mm. that's so interesting. That's the deepest work right there for you. I know we're, you know, we're talking in the frame of relationship with men and it all ties in, mm. but the piece around I'm not sure that I can hold myself all Mm -hmm. that, that what I'm hearing and tell me if this lands, but what I'm hearing in this is the translation of that is your inner little girl is saying, just see me, just see me, see me in my pain, see me in my suffering, see me in my loneliness. Yeah. And she's just wants that. And she wants that from you. And so the editing and the overriding, and yes, of course, it looks so beautiful on the outside. Like, let's do gratitude and like smile all day Mm. and like, look at the silver lining of everything. And then let's do yoga and everything's gonna be great. There is so much value in that when it's 50%. (laughs) Yeah. And it can essentially censor and make her, your little girl feel invisible. Yeah. Because think about if you had an actual daughter, Mm -hmm. right? And 
she was trying to, to just be seen. That was the way that she wanted to be loved is to be recognized in her experience, whatever that experience might be. And you're going like, no, 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 no. Like, let's just be happy. You should be grateful. There's no reason for you to cry. There's no reason for you to cry. Like just, just, you know, brush. It's like when, when the parents do the thing where, you know, a kid falls and it's like, oh, just wipe off your knees. You'll be fine. Just keep going. Yeah. And it's a, that's one paradigm of parenting. And I think, again, there is something beautiful about that where it's like, yeah, it's important and it's an important life lesson to learn perseverance and getting back up and not wallowing in your, you know, victimhood. Oh, I cried. You know, I fell at six hours ago and the kid is still crying. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, you know, there is something beautiful to that. And equally important is to be with them and go, oh, oh honey, that must hurt so much. It yeah. must hurt so much. Let's go get some ice and why don't we just take a break and like, just, just feel everything that's in your heart and feel it move through your body, you know? Mm -hmm. And then, and then at some point there's like, okay, you, you do have to hold also the masculine as the parent, um, and go, okay. And perhaps now we can move on. Right. Because if you (laughs) coddle them too much and, and allow too much of the feelings, it's like a never ending fountain, (laughs) just doesn't yeah. stop. Right. So it's like, there's, there's a way in which it's not one or the other. It's both. It's an integration of, I see you. I recognize your pain. I'm going to just sit here and not try to fix it for you yet. Then let's go find a solution. And now let's move out of it. And it's all of those steps. But I think a lot of, um, not only parenting, but then personal development, which essentially is parenting our inner child. So it's the same mm-hmm. thing. Do, mm-hmm. People get fall into one or one or the other category, right? They're like, okay, you just, you know, you just get up at 5 a.m., you do the ice bath, you conquer yeah. the day. It doesn't matter if yesterday sucked, you just go at it again today, you know? And then you've got the ones that are like, just feel all your feelings and just however long you need to stay in them. And then all this stuff around like woke culture where it's like everything has to be a safe space. And and, you know, if you scrape right. your knee emotionally, then, you know, we're going to tend to it for the rest of our lives <laughs> it's right. like, yeah. where there's no space to like get up and just go back and do it. And I think yeah. it really is the, the new paradigm of personal development is the integration of all of these pieces. Cause it's not black or white. It's not one or the other. It's all of these things together. Yeah. And it's so interesting as you're sharing all this, because you know, when you're talking about the parent that says, um, like, you're fine, like, just keep going. Mm-hmm. And that being like that masculine holding, I noticed that here I am like at, saying that I can't hold myself, mm-hmm. but it's also this thing of like, I rush to that too quickly, almost yeah. like, like you're going to, yeah, just like dust your shoulders off. You're going to be fine. Like everything's going to work out. Like, just go like, keep going, keep going. And it's that like contraction scared energy. Mm. That's like, no, I can't sit here and get mad because it's too much. Like not even then I can't hold myself because it's not worth it or because I don't know. I just see that it's like, oh, I'm, I feel anxious, whatever. Okay. Take some deep breaths. Okay. Like, and I just like throw myself into some thing else mm-hmm. yeah. so it, yeah that part just like takes over and then I don't get the like more 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 yeah I don't I just don't let it flow but I am such a feminine creature and such a sensitive human being but I reject that in this way yeah well I think it's a bit of semantics when you say oh well I hold myself by saying okay get up and keep going go do gratitude that there's that to me is nearly a guiding a leading which again is good Mm -hmm. but the Mm -hmm. holding I see more as you know the piece that she's missing your inner little girl is actually holding space where you're just there in loving presence with her feelings where you're saying I'm not you know for x number of minutes or hours or however long I'm just going to be here and let you feel your feelings. And that permission is 50% of the holding. And that's what she's missing. What you're doing beautifully, but you're doing hundred percent of the time is going, Mm -hmm. okay, now let's get up and go and keep going and look at the bright side and all the things, which also important. Let's not kill it completely, 
but it's now the only thing that's happening. And she's left going, but, but what about my sadness? What about my fear? What about my anger? Right. And so you get to stop and go, oh, anxiety. Okay. Yeah. I, I can breathe deeply. That is important. I think we always start with breath. That's the number one way to drop into the body, but then it's like, okay, are you trying to breathe with an agenda? Mm-hmm. Let's get back to a place of peace and calm and let happiness. Or am I breathing and then allowing mm-hmm. whatever is going to come out, which might be like, whoa, you know, yeah, <laughs> just be like a really deep bellow in your, yeah, just from your like womb space from just ugh, anger, whatever might be coming up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so interesting to think about my practices that I do. There is an agenda. Like I do get on the matter. I do set time for the embodiment practice and I'll like moan and groan a little bit, <laughs> mm-hmm. but then either I like frame it as I'm bored or like I change the song or I do whatever. And it is somewhat of like an avoidant thing. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, I do, I just don't allow it. Yeah. 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 And it's something <sighs> interesting too, as I'm like talking about this and like going back to my dad, it, it just keeps like popping into my head as I think about how he has a lot of passion and fire mm. and he would be the one, like he would get mad if something was if he felt a reason to get mad and he was Mm. never, ever, ever aggressive or my dad was just like beautiful protector and lover. And like, I feel so cared for Mm -hmm. and he never projected his anger towards me or my family, but he would express. And I always remember sort of almost like in my own head, in my body, like sort of like shaming him for that or mm-hmm. anybody that I would see like who would boldly express darker emotions it would kind of be this like feeling bad for them mm. for their vulnerability mm. I don't know if that makes sense yeah well do you have a sense of where that may came may have come from could it was your mom shaming him or making comments about it I mean and when it would show up in the energy of like wanting to talk to the manager or whatever, yeah. you know, like I've, I've always been a vegetarian since I was in third grade. And I remember getting bacon on my salad and being like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Like, I'll just push it off. But my, my dad wanting to like talk to the manager, you know, and being, being like wanting to cover my head. For, mm. Yeah. And as I'm talking about it, I'm like for having needs for, for not wanting to eat bacon, but I would, I would eat it be instead of the waiter having to talk to my dad Mm -hmm. you you know like I'd prefer that Mm -hmm. so I think of moments like that where maybe yeah there was shaming from my mom but it was because it was never purposeful I guess I say it's not accurate but the answer would be yes or not accurate but not Again, it's the thing of like, I can't be a victim because it's such these small things, but it is conditioning. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, that in itself is like a whole nother um, conversation around, you know, but, but it is and it isn't because there's a piece around more, 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 and going more into that energy where in order to be the, the woman that's like in the energy of more, 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 <laughs> you, you have to step up and protect your needs and speak them and go, this is actually what I need. Yeah. I don't eat bacon. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so there. sometimes, you know, with things like this, it doesn't actually matter if we like remember or trace back like when it happened and from who we learned it from. Cause sometimes it could be, you know, our psyche as kids is so fragile and so affected that it could be one tiny comment that someone who was just older than us said on one random day and it just sticks. Yeah. 
And so maybe at some point, you know, there was just something around that until you felt, oh, I I don't, I don't want to bother anyone. Right. Yeah. And the, I don't want to bother anyone then keeps you from being in the more, more, more energy and the more, more, more energy is what's going to get you the man that actually meets you in your truth, because your more, more, more is your truth. But if they don't see it, then there's no space for them to go, oh, I would like to rise up to that. I would like to meet that. Or actually I'm going to run away because a lot of them do. Let's be real. Okay. We we have that experience and um, they run because either they haven't, um, they're not in the right stage of their life to meet you. They haven't increased their capacity. Um, There's a lot of reasons why it scares them. Yeah. And our job is to hold our little girl, to create space, to let her feel her feelings and to develop trust over time with her that, yes, I will hold you in the heartbreak. Yeah. So that we can keep showing up in the more energy until the person who's the right fit says, oh, I I have trained my whole life for you. Yeah. I have increased my capacity and done Wim Hof every morning. Just <laughs> cracking, best. cracking a joke a little bit. Um, yeah. You know, but, but I've done the deep masculine training to be able to actually be with that capacity of emotion and energy. Cause we mm-hmm. don't realize, you know, we're just women walking around with all our feminine energy and we're used to it every single day. We have it. We just feel it. We know it. Yeah. And that's, you know, if we're fully in acceptance and embodying the feminine, obviously that's not the case for everyone, but for those of us who are, it's like, okay. And once we're in that, we don't realize how big it is. We don't realize how much it affects the male nervous system. Yeah. And that doesn't mean you have to get smaller and go, oh, actually it's okay. I'll, I'll just scrape off the bacon, which is the, the same, you know, in relationship, it's like, oh, it's okay. I'll make this work. It's, there's some things about this one that I'm not really into, but like, mm, it's fine. <laughs> It'll work, yeah. Yeah. you know? And, and, and so there's the same pattern happening there. And instead you get to go, actually, yeah, I am demanding that there be no bacon and there's a way for us to demand with so much love and so much fierceness i -hmm. used to be the same exact way i used to be terrified to tell my server i don't want ice in my water it was such a thing i mean i just hate ice water so much (laughs) and i would just make myself drink ice water for years until one day someone pointed out to me why don't you just ask for no ice? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it was like, I was like, well, I don't want to bother them. And like, they already bring it. Cause that's the thing. They don't ask you. They just bring the water. Right. So it's right. like, you're like, well, I don't want them to take it back and then like spit in my food later. Cause I had enough for it. And so there was all these excuses for me not asking for what I want. And then the moment I tried it three times, and it's often three times when we ask, there's something about this, a magic formula, you guys, like <laughs> you do it. That's three interesting. T- it's, it's something about three times. And like you sort of uh, meld into a habit, you, your nervous system after three times realizes if something it thinks is very scary, once you've done it three times and you don't die, it's like, oh, okay, it's actually fine. And you know what? Maybe it's even nice. And so now I walk in and I'm always like, you know, could I just, just very kindly, like, I would really love water with no ice if possible. Right. Like, and then I get, I get water that I can actually drink. Um, yeah. It's like a whole new world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so it's the you. same thing with relationship. It's like, it, you know, the, the very famous cliche um, quote that I'm sure you've heard many times. It's like the way you do one thing is the way you do everything is so used because it's so true, right? The way that we ask for the no ice in the water, the way that we ask for the bacon to be removed is going to be the way that we show up for ourselves in bigger things like our dreams, like our, you know, potential relationship and in our dating life. Mm -hmm. And so 
this is why we are working with this mechanism for you. Because when you get to now hold space for the feelings of your inner little girl, you are opening up every door. You are opening up the door of going higher in your price uh, prices for your offerings. You're opening the door to next level man to show up. You're mm-hmm. opening, you're opening up the door for more money, more ideal clients. I mean, because now you're going, this is what I want. You're actually being with that. And there isn't any more the fear of what if I don't get it because your inner little girl's like, oh, she's going to hold space for my feelings. She's not going to censor or edit them. She's going to let yeah. me have them. And then of course, at some point you get up and you try again. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So true. Yeah. So interesting. I'm just like, not that that's simple, but it's like, duh, <laughs> you know, which it's not duh, but it, it just feels so true mm-hmm. that, you know, and yeah, all the, all the, the pieces that I'm speaking on, it is just so connected because I'm showing up in each area doing the same thing of like, I'll give you the 70% of me. I'll mm-hmm. sort of still hide a little bit. Yeah. Um, and it's okay if it doesn't work out, you know, like it's the same, it's the same thing. It's the, like, I'll sit on my mat and I'll do 70% of allowing my emotions to flow, you know, like mm-hmm. it's all, it's, yeah. 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 So this is it. This is the piece. It, we're moving from 70% to 80% to 90% to hundred percent so that you can go, you know what? If this doesn't work out, it's not okay. <laughs> and not yeah. in the sense that you won't survive or that you're not going to even thrive from that experience eventually, but it's not okay. Meaning it's okay for you to be heartbroken. Yeah. Cause you want to strive for the relationship that, oh my God, if this person leaves me, I will be heartbroken. You want to strive for the dream where it's like, if this, if I can't make this happen, I'm going to be shattered because that is what's going to be the most enlivening. So we, we get to choose. Yeah. Do I want to live at 70% aliveness or do I want to live at a hundred percent? And I don't, think that there's a right or a wrong yeah but I just like want to scream a hundred when you say that I'm like no effing way yes with this 70 percent bullshit yes you're yeah just knowing your energy knowing you're just yeah there's no less than a hundred percent no and I'm like if 70 percent is this freaking good like Specifically, mm-hmm. I guess I'm talking about sex. <laughs> I'm like, no way. Yeah. 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 And I you can hear my voice. I'm like lit up from the thought. Because I know that I can do that as well. Yep. And it is my nature. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 And it's just fear, old programming, and protection mechanisms that are stopping you from that 100 percent And I know you said, oh, it's so simple, duh. It's like, okay, yeah, but the simplest things are the hardest. So, you know, we can cognitively get clarity in this one hour. Like, okay, this is what this is. This is the next place to work. But then actually going and doing the work may be the rest of your life. Yeah. I mean, we are all, those of us who are on the path of embodiment are all trying to get to 100% and may have like moments and then moments where we go back to 20% in the moment, you know, but we're the, the North star is to be at a hundred percent aliveness, but it's a lifelong journey. It's not one that we just reach and like, okay, now I'm at a hundred percent. Like, no, the battery um, empties out again and then you have to fill it and then it empties out and then you have to fill it. It doesn't stay at a hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So it's simple, but it's deep devotional work. Yeah. And for you, pragmatically, what that looks like 
is noticing when you're in the more energy versus the not enough energy and noticing when you start to go into the editing habit and the censorship habit and actually giving yourself, and it could just be like, all right, I'm just giving myself five minutes. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be that I'm going to wallow all day. If, if that feels too much for you right now, because your capacity is still growing, go, all right, I'm going to set a five minute time limit where I'm going to yeah. do, you know, like you get to still be the masculine that has a structure that says, I'm only doing this for this amount of time because I do actually have to get to work on time or I have to go meet a friend or, but not jumping over it. Or if yeah. in that moment, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, well, I have to like get my kids to school. I have to do it. It's like, okay. Yeah. In that moment, you might be like, I truly can't logistically stop and feel my feelings right now. I'm on the way to the airport or whatever, <laughs> trying to catch yeah. a flight. But you can have a little conversation with your inner little girl and say, I see you. I, I feel what you're feeling right now. We can't handle this, but I promise you that tonight we're going to sit and take a bath and cry or mm-hmm. let yourself feel whatever. Or tomorrow I'm going to go to a dance class and just dance it out. Mm-hmm. Right. But just honoring and recognizing the experience that she's having internally is all that she wants. She just wants to be seen. And this brings me to the last thing I'll say as we close, when you get to see yourself, your own inner little girl, you're also amplifying your ability to be seen by the world, by the masculine, Mm -hmm. right? Because that was the other piece. You're like, I just want to you know, there's this desire for that. And it's like that desire is because your inner little girl first wants you to see her. Mm -hmm. And when that's figured out or just figured out is not the best word, but like, you know, when that just gels and Mm -hmm. that relationship of trust is really built, then as a, as a queen, as an adult, you get to go out into the world and you get to go, okay, I feel so much safer to be seen now. Yeah. 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 Something just to, to ask you as we're finishing is like, I'm, I'm thinking to this, like one person or two people that I've really desired, but not allowed myself to feel vulnerable with. And then I have this idea around like, oh, I'm attracting emotionally unavailable men. It's also sort of what you're saying around when you amplify your ability to to nurture your inner little girl and to see her, you amplify your ability to be seen. It's sort of the same thing of like, I'm emotionally unavailable or I was in those situations, Yeah, you know? And I'm literally just saying like, yeah. Okay. Exactly. And looking back, I'm like, these people maybe weren't, it was also just the way that I was blocking myself off from being seen and seeing. Yep. It's possible. We, we don't ever really know, but all we can do is move forward and go, okay, now that I've increased my capacity to be seen, to hold myself, to be with the possible heartbreak now who shows up. Right. Right. But yeah, we don't know. We don't know how much of it is. They just couldn't have met you no matter what, how much of it was, well, you're showing up at 70%. So they show up 70%. You know, we can sit here and analyze that forever, but it's, it's in a way irrelevant because now you know where you didn't show up for yourself. Now you get to go, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to show up. I'm ready to do these practices that deepen me into that. And then Mm -hmm. I will wait to magnetize that, which Mm -hmm. is my match. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. If this episode juiced you up, turned you on, and got you interested in private coaching with me, head on over to NadiaMunla.com. The Work With Me page outlines everything, the time containers, the price points, who I work with, and so on and so forth. And if you still have questions after that, um, you can email us at info at NadiaMunla.com to inquire about applications or anything else that was not answered on the page. And then when I receive your application, if I feel like we're a fit, we always hop on an exploration call before we commit to anything. And this to me is like 
uh, going on a date, <laughs> going on a coaching date. And we do that in order to really confirm that this is a relationship we both want to enter into for a period of time. We get clear on what it is that I can support you with, whether I am the best person to support you and how we will do so. So if this is you, I can't wait to get your application and hop on the phone with you soon. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. We would love for you to rate and review the show. And I'd love to know your takeaways from the episode. You can do that by DMing me on Instagram at Nadia Munla.